Hello and welcome to The Hardy Brain, the show that takes athletic, introverted entrepreneurs and leaders and transforms them into ironclad brain performers. I'm your host, Dr. David Hardy. And today, as always, we have an amazing guest on our show. He is a top 1% business professional, senior executive, strategic consultant, attorney, and investment banker with 30 years experience in the entrepreneurial world. His personal brand can best be described as fuck average, be legendary. Welcome to the show, Frederick Carey. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. Thank you. And thanks for the introduction. Actually, the, uh, uh, my my brand description is the thing I'm most proud of. I got a trademark on that, so uh, nice. really it just rolls off the tongue and really ah. hammers home that that message. Yeah. Now you're the CEO of Ideas Pro, and you're on a mission to build the next generation of entrepreneurs who will change the way we live. Uh, please explain more. This is this is fascinating. Yeah, Idea Pros. Um, I started about four years ago after a, a, about a 30-year career. I'd started 10 different companies from the ground up. I was quite wow. successful. Two of them went public. Two others were acquired by public companies. I have one that's still private that does almost a billion dollars a year. And I had to decide uh, whether to just stop working, go cruise the Riviera, or <laughs> Harder than I ever did in my life, and uh, I, I'm not sure why, but I started Idea Pros because I saw there were so many things that happened over and over as I was building companies, and there are things that affect your ability to win, whether it's at home, whether it's on the job, whether it's starting your own business, and I wanted to compartmentalize those things and create methodologies to give you an unfair advantage, whatever you were going to do in your life, and so. Idea pros. Amazing. So how are you doing that? Obviously, the experience is the, the biggest chunk of the puzzle, but what's sort of the system then to uh, to put this into components then? Yeah. So what, if you're going to start a, a business or if you're in business or, or, in fact, even if you just want to make your own personal life better, there's certain components that are almost mechanical in every single thing you want to do, whether you're building next generation heart transplant equipment or whether you're building the next toilet supplement um, <laughs> product, like right. a pup, poopery type, type product. Regardless of what you're doing, there's a certain procedure. And it starts with knowing what you're going to be doing, knowing the, the complete circumstances, the surroundings, like who are my competitors? What's the market look like? How big is it, it going to grow? Who are my potential customers? How am I going to attract them? You know, where are all the one-star reviews that the competitors have? How can I make them my five-star reviews? It starts there. And, and frankly, it starts there too in life, right? You have this new woman you want to have in your life and you want to get her, you want to keep her. Uh, or vice versa, uh, if you're a woman, the same thing with a man. You know, how do you come out there and be different and be better? And how do you shine with all your, your best traits and, and understand that just because you got somebody as a customer, as a lover, as a husband, as a wife, doesn't mean you're going to keep them. So you got to keep right. working harder and harder all the time. So that's why when I teach entrepreneurship, I teach it on a personal level first. You know, you can't have a great company without being a great leader and you can't be a great leader without being great at home. And it's all all connected. And in fact, the, the things that you teach really help in, in, in that world as well. 
So anyway, so we compartmentalize all these different things all the way from the very beginning of knowing your audience, knowing the game you're playing all the way to the end, doing a nationwide launch and, and being able to attract people to your brand new company with your brand new product. First of many, hopefully. Okay. Now let's re-explore that idea that you need to be an entrepreneur in different aspects of your life. Uh, Usually, like if people subdivide their life, there's career, there's relationships, and then there's your own personal health. And you're saying you need to intertwine all of these and kind of be a master at at all three of those. Uh, what's kind of your approach there and how to integrate these um, instead of that old saying about balance, that life needs balance? Uh, yeah. How, how do you yeah. integrate it? I've learned to hate that uh, because by creating balance, you're creating a scale. And by creating your scale, you're creating separation, right? Yeah. And and when you have separation, then you're balancing your work in, against your personal life. When you can integrate instead and, and live life with a purpose, it falls into everything that you do, everything that you touch. And when you can intertwine your personal life with your business life, it just becomes your life, your great life. Right. And so what I do uh, for anybody is, in fact, I have a bracelet. I didn't put it on because I was a rush to put on a proper shirt to be here. Um, uh, but I have, I have a, a bracelet that says, I am second. And um, okay. when you look at every single thing you do and you think you have to try harder than anybody else, then you're beginning to, to intertwine your life and your work, right? If I have to get up in the morning and I'm just focused on my job ahead. Now we're going to get to your personal health part, focus on my job ahead and get up there. And I'm so backed up and I got to, I got to start work, which by the way, we have close to 400 companies under us that we have equity in from entrepreneurs that we started. So my work day is harder than it ever has been before. But when I get up in the morning, first thing I focus on to help everybody else is I focus on me. And you wake up in the morning. If you have to wake up an hour early, two hours earlier, do it. Uh, I I focus on the business of me before I focus on the business of my life and my friends and my love and and my kids, all of that. So I get up, I work out. I have a, a trainer comes by and work out an hour to 90 minutes every morning, five days a week. And then I, I meditate. Uh, I, I do positive affirmations. I express my gratitude for different things every day. And then I uh, will try to read, whether it's a paragraph, a page, half a book, whatever it is. Focus on you and getting yourself in the right mindset so that you can tackle everything in the day ahead. So how long is this routine taking you in the morning then? Well, for me, I'm probably two hours for the most part, two hours in the morning meditation. I kind of suck at, uh, <laughs> I I'll, I'll do like five minutes of meditation. And Oh, by the way, I learned, don't get your mind blank. Nobody can do that. Just right, try to get yeah. focused on the present moment. You know, that's the, it's the best you can do. That's all you need to do. Close your eyes, focus on right now and, and just bring everything, internalize everything, take a deep breath and understand everything's going to be okay. And that that's all you really need. So, uh, yeah, I've been saying this for a while now with people that say, uh, I hate meditation. Uh, I'm no good at it. Um, is that, well, 
the reason for that is you suck at it. (laughs) (laughs) And things are hard and difficult when you suck at things. Um, And usually our, our key is to kind of avoid these. And the other point you made was trying harder in our relationships and in our business. And people kind of start getting that overwhelm and feeling of just being tired. So how does the meditation getting good with this and kind of this aspect uh, fall into the, the try harder aspect of things as well then? Yeah. You know, we all know that Michael Jordan sucked at basketball um, <laughs> when he started, right? right? And almost any athlete or actor or uh, world leader or corporate uh, superstar CEO all kind of sucked when they first started out. And we allow ourselves to, to fail and stick with failure because it's a lot more convenient. You know, the, the what we call our comfort zone, I really refer to it as kind of our, our quicksand or our cesspool. Um, that, right. that we're, we're comfortable in there. We don't realize we're slowly drowning. And, um, and when we stay there, that means we're not going forward. So how I, I deal with all those things, the meditation helps bring me to today, right? We all have our goals, but when we look at our goals, a three-year plan, our five-year plan, they're so lofty, we don't know if we're getting any, anywhere. And so I use today to look down, look at the steps in front of me and, and take one. And I know that if I take a step forward, I'm getting closer to my longer-term goals without being overwhelmed by that distance. When I look at things like try harder, trying harder actually makes things easier. Uh, and uh, so. Because you're more in tune with what you should be doing. You're not skating, okay. you're not going on autopilot. You're actually allowing yourself to focus on how can I be a better person? How can I be a better boss? How can I be a better employee? How can I be a better lover? How can I be a better father or mother or, or, or kid? to my parents. And when you focus on those things, that's all positivity, right? You're generating a lot of positive energy. So it doesn't become this fear of failure because you're, you're focusing on positive things. And when you combine that with the the affirmations and, and the expressions of gratitude every day, then you've set this mindset to success. And if you don't do those things, you're just waking up and having another dreary day and having another cup of coffee, which mine, by the way, says patience. If I ever lose this cup, I'm going to die because I can't find it anywhere else. If anybody has a patience cup that looks like this, send it to me. (laughs) I love it. So what other kind of aspects of entrepreneurship, whether it's in business, whether it's in life, uh, do you find the pattern that people suck at it and need to practice <clears throat> and, and and by the way, I do have a a, a suck remedy. Um, uh, <laughs> I and, love and, it. Yes, <laughs> and that's on like if you're trying to do things to make your habits better or get rid of bad habits or something, you're going to fail, right? Right. And I have kind of I I have this kind of allowance to fail once. Like if I'm trying to quit smoking, which I've never smoked, but if I'm trying to quit sm- or I'm trying to eat better and I find myself binging out at McDonald's one day, I'm going to allow that one failure and, and don't fail that second day. Um, because when you give yourself that allowance, you're allowing yourself to be a human being. We're, we're all prone to failure. We're all prone to sucking. Um, and so 
I, I really lead with you're going to suck. And, and the evidence is there too. Focusing back on business, the leading cause for new businesses to fail within the first year is somebody's built something that there's no market for. Uh, Think of okay. how crazy that is. The number right. one leading cause of failure is you're building something that nobody else wants. So when I have my bracelet that says I am second, I use that in every aspect of my life. If I'm going to launch a new product, I need to start thinking about who's going to buy it, not who's going to make it. Just because I love it, just because I think it's a beautiful, wonderful, amazing thing, nobody else cares. I'm not going to sell it to myself. I have to sell it to other people. So by treating yourself second, by trying harder, right, that element goes to every aspect of what you're doing. And when you're doing that as a business, trying harder means understand my customer. What do they want? What are their pain points? What are their needs? What would they love to have? And how can I deliver all those things to them with authenticity? And so therefore that failure part of it and trying harder part of it doesn't become a burden. It becomes an opportunity, learning lessons, ways to do things better next time around so that you personally will get better and better. And everybody around you, this is the selfish part. Don't tell anybody. <laughs> When you start doing things to try to get better, you're going to give more. And when you give more, all the people around you over time are going to appreciate it and give back to you. So right. if you can just look at this selfishly, you're going to get abundance back to you by trying harder, by doing better, by never settling for average. Fuck average, right. he said. <laughs> Absolutely love it. So this is definitely a long process. And uh, so with entrepreneurship, if we went back to the business aspect, mm -hmm. how long does this take to develop and to actually take off and, and go somewhere then? Um, you know, products, if, if we're talking, let's talk about a company that wants to launch its first product, whether it's a physical product or an app, it takes a long time. And you have to, I think the one thing you have to bring in when you're doing anything like that is really one word and that's resilience. You, you have to be able to accept the fact, in fact, even build failure into your plans. Um, some of the best companies in the world actually build a failure, uh, fa several failure points in this process because you're creating something that for the most part doesn't exist or you're creating it in a way different way than does exist. Um, Elon Musk and, and his electric automobiles, for example. Um, okay. so, so you need to build failure into the process. You need to be resilient. And under a best case scenario, you can go from an idea to a nationwide launch within a year. But you're not going to start making money the day you open the door. So it might be another two, three years after that when you really have a robust business that's really generating a lot of cash flow. But, you know, resilience, fortuitousness, and uh, the ability to accept failure as human and accept it as an opportunity rather than a threat. Um, and when you do that fail once, um, stuff that I do, then uh, you don't give up. And I'm sure every single person listening has gone through this experience of, I'm going to try this and you do it for a month, you do it for two months, and then you miss a day. Right. Then all of a sudden that day that you missed turns into six months that you missed. You know, you you always stop for longer than you start. So if you allow that, that whoops, I, I messed up and don't use that. Oh, I messed up. 
shit, I'm no good at this. I'm not going to do, I'm not going to do it. I'm a failure. If you, if you don't allow that to happen, you'll be able to stay the course and you'll be able to make it regardless of how long it takes. Okay. So what are some of your strategies then for this resiliency? Let's, let's take kind of those high performers who have really been successful in whatever they've done. And then all of a sudden they're getting their butt kicked. Uh, how, how do they actually get up, um, when they're feeling tired or, or this kind of urge to, to lay back and, and not do as much? Um, you need to have the desire to win. If you have the right. desire to win, um, then you're going to try harder. If you have the desire to win, then it starts building your self-assurance, your, your self-identity and, and the, the pride that you have in being able to try harder. As I said in the beginning, none of us, there's not one person other than megalomaniacs and, and people with narcissistic personality disorder, but there's not one regular person that ever wakes up in the morning, thinks they're doing everything they possibly can do, thinks that they're the best they possibly can be, thinks that they're not going to have any issues come their way. Nobody thinks that way. And so when you understand you're not unique in the sense that you're fearful of failure and so you hold yourself back, it's common human nature. And as soon as you can embrace that and understand, wow, this kind of makes it easier for me because I can mess up, I can fail, I can suck, I can do these things and still keep going. As long as I move a step further than I was yesterday, then I'm going to be good. So the way that you deal with feeling tired is get up when you don't want to. When you can start making yourself do things that you don't want to do, you're on your path to get that resilience that you need. I... Uh, as you know, I have an Instagram page and I think about a year ago and I post about entrepreneurship, about positivity, uh, about personal development. And about a year ago, I posted one morning, uh, I was working out in my gym with my trainer and I had 103 fever, which is probably not recommended, but just as a point of reference, I had 103 fever. I was up all night. My bed was soaking wet from, from the sweat. And, and I was upstairs working out the next morning because I didn't want to miss a day. And, and that's right. resilient. In that case, it was resilience coupled with stupidity in that particular instance. So I don't recommend having a high fever and working out. But, but I did because my brain works that way. You know, no, I don't care if you're tired. I don't care if you're sick. Get up. Do what you're supposed to be doing. And if you can build that into your mentality, then you're going to be a lot better. You know, and when you're talking about things taking a long time, things taking a year, you literally can change everything overnight. And there's only one thing you can do. I can't make you a lot wealthier overnight. I can't make your relationship better overnight. I, I can't make you faster, stronger, younger, um, any of that overnight. But what, what you can do overnight that will change everything is to change your mindset. And that literally, if you can focus on that and waking up in the morning and, and looking at the day in a different way. That's why I start with the work on me first, rather than the work right. on my business and even my relationships. If you can change that mindset to one of positivity, you're going to get a lot further along. You're going to be a lot tougher. You're going to be a lot more resilient. And fundamentally, you're going to be a lot happier because you're looking at even the bad things in a different way. Bad things that happen now become opportunities. Wow. 
when you talk about the the guys that were superstars and everything was going really well and all of a sudden they wake up and they're getting their ass kicked by their competitors with a positive mindset you can wake up and say you know what i've been sitting on my ass too long i need to do something about it and here's the springboard for me to do it so what about these forces they seem external they they seem to be almost other people pushing you down um how what's your approach then to, to help entrepreneurs kind of battle through those times where it feels like other people are just out to get you or that uh, all these external forces or the way that society is moving or functioning um, and kind of today's world is a, is a perfect example with all the disruption. Um, what is your, your advice then to, to these entrepreneurs or, or to people who are, are struggling in these situations and just frustrated? So if you're really successful, people are out to get you. There's no, okay. no way around that because right. people want their own success and they model people that have it and try to dethrone people that have it. So that's, that's a natural. If you're not and you're just starting out, nobody's out to get you. Nobody... <laughs> cares about you. Uh, you know, you don't exist to the greater world and, and the greater world doesn't owe you anything. So when I, I talk to my starting entrepreneurs, I tell them to lose that mentality. The world's not out to get you. Nobody's conspiring, conspiring against you. It's just hard. Life is hard. Being different is hard. Being an entrepreneur is hard. Being a successful entrepreneur is even harder. And so you're going to have tons of failures. You're going to have a lot of friction points. You're going to have everybody from mom and dad to your wife, your, your husband telling you, you can't do this. You're not going to, you're not going to succeed. Why don't you keep your nine to five job? Those are natural things that are going to happen. And it's not an intentional view to get over you and to hold you down. It just, that's the way people think normally. That's how people react and when they see somebody who's an outlier who's trying to do things differently there's this natural tendency to put friction on uh, on that so don't look at that as anything other than the fact that you know more than they know you're going to try harder than they know and two or three years from now you're going to be in a way different spot than the people who are saying no to you are going to be um and then on top of that the you know the macro environment is something, as you point out, the way the world is today, that's it. You're, you're right. going to have things happen to you that, uh, for me, the biggest lesson that I've learned over my career, don't sweat the things that you can't do anything about. You right. know, this this is the environment I've been brought up into. This is where I'm going to, if I'm launching a company, this is where I'm going to launch it. Some of the most successful companies in the world came out of turmoil starting with General Electric, but Airbnb came out and during a really horrible uh, economic times, Google as well. Google had to go through the whole dot-com bust. Uh, There are tons of companies that really suffered that you look at now and go, wow, why can't I be like that? Well, you got to work harder and you got to accept failure if you want to be like them, even uh, even with Quicken. Uh, when, When he was out trying to raise capital for his company, he went to, and he was up in the Bay Area, he went to probably 200 different venture capital firms. Not one would give him a penny until after right. he started successful. 
then everybody wanted a piece of him, you know. But there, that's a good example, by the way, segue unintentional, of how uh, I am second really works. Uh, with Quicken, he decided to do really comprehensive surveys on his customers. What is it that they want? What is it that they like? What is it that they're missing? How are they using my technology? And he found out that over 60% of his customers were using Quicken for their small business. It wasn't intended for small business at all. And so thereafter, QuickBooks was invented to serve small businesses. And now QuickBooks is something like 90% of their revenue. By being second, by listening to others, and then doing what you should be doing, that gets you further along every time. So that is an amazing example of making a shift almost. Um, what are your indicators to make a shift? Um, what are your indicators that uh, you need to shut things down and move on? Um, or what are the indicators that, yeah, continue to struggle and things will get better? Yeah. So, you know, and I'm probably the worst person to ask the, the shut things down part of it uh, because I have too much resilience, I've been told. Uh, but if you do this stuff right in the beginning, you know that you probably are in a good area. For example, uh, one of my companies, one of my former companies uh, called Boxlot, and that was in the dot-com age. Um, I had started an auction company just months after eBay had started. And the difference was I, my company was gonna really focus on higher end things, real auctional, auctionable type things, where eBay was focusing on trinkets, really, and anything that you want to sell used. And I couldn't catch up to them. I just couldn't catch up to them. I mean, we sold a $2 million stamp, uh, and they're selling, you know, $2 million $1 items uh, every day. And so I got further and further into it and started lagging further and further behind. I had investors that had put in, I don't know, $8 million or so, uh, to, to fund this business and I wasn't making it. And so that, that's a, a moment where resilience really helps you because when you have fundamental problems, you have to look, why are you, why was I here in the first place? You know, why, why did I decide to go into this industry? And when you figure that out and when you really research that in the very beginning and then reflect on that, when you're having problems, there are solutions in that group of mishaps and horrible circumstances that you find yourself in the middle of. And in my particular case, when I researched and I looked, it was that this was really interesting for people and this was really great for merchants. And it was a new way for, for interacting between millions of merchants and, and new customers that were out looking for deals. And so I focused on the technology that that the underlying technology that my company was building to be able to do things like you know buy it now or auction reverse auctioning reverse pricing um, reserve bidding all these things that were not really in existence so i switched from an auction company to a technology company and i uh. tripled my tripled up my engineering staff and focus on all these things that everybody is gonna or was going to need to start using and once we did that, once we started focusing on the technology, within a year, we had a company come uh, offer us $125 million to, to buy us out. 
And here's a company I could have just as easily shut down six months before because I couldn't catch up with a leader. I looked instead, what's the problem? What are the, what are the problems to solve? And because of that, I was able to shift the focus and make it a good day for everybody who, who was a stockholder or employee of the company. How do you develop that skill a little bit better, especially for the people that, uh, as as you said, have this high resilience uh, slash stubbornness to them? Uh, they usually become very tunnel vision. Um, so how do you develop that that mindset skill uh, mm-hmm. to, to make these shifts and, and yeah. along, along this journey? Get rid of the stubbornness. Resilience doesn't mean being stubborn. Resilience means not quitting and looking for solutions. And again, I am second. Always welcome criticism. Always welcome the opinions of others. Use that to formulate the conclusion and and the steps that you're going to need to take because you're the leader, whether it's of your life or of your business or of your relationship at home. You're a leader and you need to take charge. But leaders that take charge without investigating, I call the general custard school of strategy. You know, how many Indians could there possibly be over that hill? Um, You you can't go through life that way. And so stubbornness is a terrible feature. Being resilient is a great feature. And they both accomplish the same things, except one accomplishes it myopically and the other one accomplishes it universally by, by deep diving into the environment that you're in and understanding all the different components of it. But I think the biggest thing for any budding entrepreneur, budding relationship entrepreneur even, right. um, is we're all full of self-doubt. And even today, after all the victories that, that I've had in business, to all the we've had 100,000 applications to, to work with my company in the last two years. Uh, so wow. I should be there basking in my glory, but instead I wake up every morning with doubts. You know, am I trying hard enough? Am I doing enough? Uh, how do I how do I shift my environment? How do I service more of those hundred thousand people that that need me? Um, and and I use that doubt as my adrenaline. Uh, and and if you're here and you're listening and you have those self doubts, that's okay. That's normal. That Use those self-doubts in a positive way. Grab onto them and use them as your fuel to try harder, to be better, to, to be second. Now, you said you have over 100,000 applicants. Um, what is being kind of the vetting process then for the ones that you're going to work with? What are you looking for? Yeah, and, and, and that's, been, that's been difficult for us. And, and in fact, this year I've introduced a couple of new programs, you know, because before, if you were working with me, it was all in entrepreneurship. Here's my idea. Let's build a company together. And it's very expensive. I mean, people are, pay $100,000 to $250,000 upfront and give me 30% of their company. So part of the vetting process is a person can't afford that. Another part of the vetting process is um, done right at the first rank of our troops because there are a lot of crappy ideas out there, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> I, I, uh, I, I can't tell you how many there are, but there's some really, really bad ideas. Uh, and one day, if I get the courage, I'll come back with a couple of examples that will have you rolling. Um, but, you know, then, then it's a very 
it's about a three month process to decide to work with somebody at that level with our flagship pro uh, product, because almost as important as the idea is the person, right? Because okay, yes. Uh, in fact, I did one of my shows on, uh, on Facebook uh, a few months ago was what, what a millionaires and bad ideas have in common. And, and that is that they have that resilience to take an idea that started out okay. And then they have that fortitude or resilience, the, the never give up attitude that turns that okay idea into something great. Uh, and, and so same thing, we're looking for that type of person. And, and when we get that combination, then we work together and we only took 400 people out of, out of the hundred thousand. That's why I created these other uh, products. Now I have for a couple hundred dollars, I have a, uh, entrepreneurship training program and then <clears throat> and and people can find these things on idea pros um i also have this validation package and understanding yeah here's a perfect example you know look at a problem what's the problem how do i fix it and right. so i created this validation package after learning that majority of failures in, in new businesses are people are creating something that nobody wants so i created this validation package it's around a thousand bucks and if you think you have a great idea and you want to leave your job and you want to focus on that idea for a thousand dollars, you can run it through our system and it would do this complete competitive analysis, you know, market size, market growth, market opportunity, who your personas are, uh, how you're going to get them, keep them, how are you going to beat the big guys and not only stay in business, but grow, you know, where are those jewels and what, what it is you want to do and then teach you how to create a pitch deck at the end of it. So you can go out and raise capital that you need. To, to, to move forward in a really intelligent way. You know, when you go to somebody and say, hey, I have this great idea for a new type of wheel, um, happens to be square, uh, and I think that uh, people love it, will you invest in me? N nobody's gonna invest in you. But if you can go to people and say, hey, look, this is the marketplace I wanna go in. This is the size, these are the competitors. This is where they suck. This is, this is the one-star reviews they're getting that people want them to not suck in the areas they suck because they want this stuff. And I got a solution that's gonna make those one-star reviews my five-star reviews. If this is a market size, this is how I'm gonna grab that market. Do you wanna invest in me? You're gonna get a lot more yeses. And so, so these programs are gonna make a lot more of those 100,000 people that apply be able to get solutions and get down the road uh, to changing their lives, frankly. Perfect. You're mentioning changing your lives, and that, that is, once again, just another good segue. Uh, and you also talked about how people um, are thinking about quitting their career. And we're also in this time period, obviously, where it's the great resignation. And then we also have the up-and-comers, and especially in tech, the, the younger people that are more tech-savvy. So you're working with all these different generations or age groups. Uh, what uh, sort of differences have you noted in when people enter entrepreneurship and uh, the challenges uh, facing these different groups then? Yeah, that, that's a, I don't like to tell a host that's a great question, but <laughs> it, 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 is, it is a great question because my youngest entrepreneur is nine wow. and my oldest yeah. is 82. Okay. Um, right. But the, this, the, every month in the United States, 550,000 new entrepreneurs every single month. Our birth What's rate that number again, 550,000 new ones. Our birth rate in the U S is 300,000. 
So <laughs> almost double the birth rate is the birth of new entrepreneurs. And, and it's the birth of a new career. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and the vast majority, you know, we hear about the ones, the young guys dropping out of school and and uh, getting venture capital money right up front. That's a very small minority. Small. Uh, the the average new entrepreneur can be anywhere between 30 and 55 is really kind of the sweet spot. They've had the corporate world. They wake up one morning, they realize their life sucks and, um, and, and they want to make a dramatic change. Um, th that's the sweet spot of, of people that, that we see every day. And so whether you're in that position or whether you're one of these A players that, that got way up high on the corporate ladder and then retired and six months later woke up thinking, oh, my God, well, you know, my life is over. Um, and um, they're not ready for their last rodeo. You know, they want one more ride on that on that horse. So right. wherever that motivation is, I, the commonality, I think, across age groups is this restlessness, um, this, this fa fact that they don't think that they fit quite into that corporate square or, or the fiber that is being dictated by others. You know, it's the individual uh, or as um, the old Apple commercial called them, the crazies. Um, they're the ones that change the world. And in fact, I, I have said many times that to be an entrepreneur, you, you have to you really have to be two things. You have to be crazy and you have to be a loser. And people ask about the loser part is the fact that you're going to fail. Uh, on average, you know, the average entrepreneur, I think it takes 2.7 tries uh, before they find something that they succeed in. So uh, that's why you need to embrace failure. You're crazy. Why are you crazy? Because everybody that you know tells you you're crazy. Your 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 husband is telling you, just stay home. Be a stay home home mom. You know, we got plenty of money that I'm making. You don't need to be doing this. Your parents are telling you that they knew all along that you were never going to turn out to be anything. You know, your aunt won't take your phone calls anymore because she knows you're looking for startup money. Uh, and, and and your friends all have the same jobs they've had all their lives. And right. and you're different. You know, you're different. So you're crazy and you're a failure. Take advantage of both of those things because those are the people that change the world. So how do these, well, abnormal people become comfortable with being abnormal and then integrating with normal people? <laughs> Well, that sounds like more of a question I should be asking you, but yeah, I, I don't know about that last part, integrating with normal people. Um, right. <laughs> I would kind of say the opposite, you know, try to find people that, that are going to inspire you. They're going to challenge you. They're going to be supportive of you on those journeys. Um, they say, and I don't know whether this is accurate or not, but I've seen it so many damn times on, uh, on the internet that I'm starting to believe it, that you become the person that that you surround yourself with, so, you know, with, yeah. uh, over if you want to see who you're going to be in, in the next five years, look at your circle of friends and everything, because that that's exactly where you're going to be. So if you can surround yourself with better people, mentors, uh, everybody needs a mentor. Uh, and whether it's just online following people like official Fred Carey on Instagram or or, or finding somebody that has done what you want to do and that's willing to spend time talking to you um it's really important you know because you want to you want to go higher you don't want to kind of stay where you are and so the more you can surround yourself with with uh people that uh, are going to be beneficial for you in the long term 
the the better you're going to be being a crazy because they're crazy too. Exactly. Yes. Now, that is so important too with the the mission that you have to find these entrepreneurs that are going to change the world. And kind of on our maybe our last point here is how are you seeing and what's inspiring you with the change that's coming up in the world? What are you seeing and what uh, kind of projects have you been involved with with this this change? You know, it's funny because the more turmoil there is in the world, the more there is this desire to do something different. Uh, as you said, the, the great resignation, it first started at the beginning of... Uh, the pandemic, uh, I, I still remember the very first month in March uh, 2020 that that was really happening here in, in North right. America. Um, my marketing, outside marketing agency um, called me and said, you know, you might as well take your marketing budget and cut it by 90% or so. I mean, the, the world's going to be at a standstill. And oh. instead, I doubled my marketing budget uh, because I knew that this foundation that that average America sits on is very fragile and, and we think it's not, you know, I have my 401k and I have my, my job that I've had for 12 years. Um, and all of a sudden all those things start disappearing and all of a sudden you find yourself working in a cubicle at your home. Um, and, and your fellow employees are being fired left and right. And your 401k plan is, is worth half of what it was a month ago then you start realizing that the world is full of uncertainty and there is the uncertainty that I can't do anything about. And then there's the uncertainty that I can handle. And how do I handle that? I take my life into my own hands and I allow the uncertainty in the world to happen so I can focus on what I want to do to be a better person, to be a better leader and start a brand new company doing better things. So what I'm seeing, what I started insisting on, and now I'm seeing happen with everyone that comes in to work with me, is find a purpose, find authenticity, find something that that you're passionate about that drives you beyond your business. And and what we're seeing now is that green matters, that, that being uh, eco-friendly matters, that being responsible corporate citizen matters. And what I'm right. seeing now with this groundswell of people that are becoming the entrepreneurs of the world and of the future, I'm seeing that they want to do good as well as do well financially. Yes. Uh, and you can do right. There's B B corporation now status that that never existed before. You know, B B corporation is is one that's got a stamp of approval that they try to do better things for the environment, for for the world, for their employees, and. And so this disaster that we find ourselves in worldwide, I think, has the possibility of being the, the, the seed that gets germinated to bring a whole new decade or several decades worth of innovative thinking that's coupled with responsible behavior and giving back and treating your employees and your customers and your stakeholders and the world as being entwined and intertwined, like I say, you should do with your life and your business life. Wow. That is absolutely amazing. And you're one of the people that are leading and guiding leaders into this change and this 
this realm of making the world a better place. How would people find you so that they can get more information and, uh, and really build their own skills in all aspects of their life? Well, uh, thanks. Well, well n- number one, on, on the business side of things, it's uh, www.ideapros.com. And on there, by the way, if you're a budding entrepreneur, go to our blog page. I'm pretty proud of that. And I'm constantly upset with our advertising agencies for not taking advantage of it. I literally have hundreds of of blogs covering every subject you'd want to know about as an entrepreneur. They're all indexed out from raising capital, how to deal with manufacturers, the software, everything you could possibly want, and it's all free. Um, and and then we also have the programs like my my uh, video courses. Uh, if you want to have a, a better life, then really go there. And, and if you go on Instagram at official Fred Carey, C-A-R-Y, you'll see on the top, there's an opportunity to get a $100 discount. I think it's IG100 is the, the code you use. For $147, you get this whole series on purpose-driven entrepreneurship that you can use for your life, even if you don't want to create a business. So those are the best ways to reach me um, or drop me a line, Fred at ideapros.com. And I'm happy to talk to anybody about any problem or any questions that they have. Amazing. And yeah. Once again, I, I really applaud you and, uh, and thank you for sharing your knowledge and uh, the, the wealth of information that you just explained on the blog is, is such a resource for everyone to, to go out and, and look and develop themselves with. So once again, thank you. And for everybody tuning in, tune in to the next episode of The Hardy Brain, the show that takes athletic introverted entrepreneurs and transforms them into ironclad brain performers. Have a great day. Awesome. Bye-bye. Thank you.